Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the U-Rink Report. I'm Remy Zanaho, joined by Mitch Kane, where we talk about Canadian university hockey. Now, Mitch, today, let's jump right in. Let's jump into the playoffs are coming up for U-Sports. Yeah, and we're going to take a quick look at the OUA West first, our home little division here. We got two divisions in OUA. We're going to hit off with the OUA West, and then we'll move into the East before taking a look at the AUS and then into Canada West to end off our day. So jumping right into the OUA West, the Brock Badgers, our home club, currently holds a commanding lead over the top of the OUA, OUA West, five points up of the TMU Bold with three games to play. And they're three games. They're not exactly easy down the line. They got two up in North Bay next weekend, taking on the Nipsing Lakers, following up with a home game against the Toronto Varsity Blues to end out their season. Not the easiest draw for them. All. But right now, as you said, like the two two buys almost are they're in their hands of Brock and TMU. Not locked in by any stretch of the imagination, especially with Toronto coming up right behind. Toronto not having the best 10 they're five, they're five, four, and one, but that team can score. They can turn it around. Yeah, Toronto had a bit of a rough weekend. They dropped last night's game against the Ottawa GGs at home, four to one, and that was a big lot. That was a big game for TMU because TMU went into Nipissing and swept them. So they currently sit in second now at thirty-three points with one game in hand on both the Badgers and Varsity Blues, where the Varsity Blues sit at thirty-one points just behind the Bolt. But that one game in hand is going to be crucial and. You look at TMU, and their last game, it's against the UQTR Patriots, and we'll get to that in a minute, but the OUA East, it is tight right now for that top seed. Those buys aren't locked up by any stretch of the imagination. Neither are they here, to say the least, but the Varsity Blues, they got some work cut out for them in the last three games. And the TMU Bowl, their next game, they have the game in hand. Their next game is coming up versus Western. Western didn't have the best start to the season. Definitely gave Brock a little bit of a scare when they when we saw them here. But they're the one team also. They're one of the teams in the league that have beat the UQTR Patriots this season. That team can put it together. If you're TME, you can't, it's not an easy game. No, you never really know what you're going to get out of the Western Mustangs. Currently on a five-game losing streak. However, when we saw them here, they're a very tough team to play against. They're quick on the boards. They play you physical. Um, they got the Badgers into penalty trouble. The Badgers took eight penalties where the Western Mustangs went 0 for 8 on the power play. However, Western's not an easy team. They're not a pushover. Despite being in ninth in the OUA West, it's not always an easy game when the Mustangs come into town. And as mentioned earlier, the Mustangs went into UQTR, put up six on them with a healthy roster for the Patriots. So that's all. It, it could be a trap game for some. And that just shows the parity here in the OUA West. Like you look at, like say, the OUA East, you got the top teams the top, top teams, and then the bottom is just they're having a struggle of a time keeping the puck out of their net. Let's start pivoting over towards that OUA East. And McGill right now on top. Yeah, and the OUA East, it it is a dogfight for that top seed. The, see the four teams currently at the top all within four points of each other and the top three within one point of one another. McGill, Ottawa, and UQTR just split by that one point UQTR has one game in hand so if they're able to win that additional game they'll take over the top of the standings and all three teams at the top are blazing hot right now eight wins in their last 10 games the UQTR Patriots one of the best teams in the league and they have been for years now the highest goal differential on the season with plus 55 
and they missed out on key players at the start of the 2024 campaign. Simon LaFrance, the leading OUA goal scorer, is now back in the lineup and has his team rolling on all cylinders. 40 since. points in 22 games for Simon LaFrance is nuts. Yeah. I don't think we've seen a player with his consistency over his years with UQR than we have. I don't think we've seen it in general in this entire league. The consistency is insane. No, and he's a dominating goal scorer. That's the main point is he's at 20 goals, I believe, on the season, unless he's gone up since I've last seen as he has just been dominating the league. 22 goals now on the season. The next closest is a tie between Kyle Bowlers and Jacob Roach, both at 16 on the season. LaFrance is just rolling on Austin. Oh, sorry, Austin Saint has 17 for the RMC Paladins. Well, the thing about LaFrance, too, he stays on the ice. Notice how he only has four penalty minutes? Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Insane. That's <laughs> impressive. That's, <laughs> it, in, in also, in the type of gameplay that UQTR plays, they're very skilled, incredibly fast and incredibly skilled. But they are not afraid to lay the boom. They are not afraid to work into the corners. And you can see why they won the U Cup, why they're perennially one of the best teams in the OUA and in, in U Sports in general. That's impressive play. And, I mean, you talk to all the coaches in the OUA West. Like, before games, we'll have our conversations. If we mention the East, they kind of all have the same thinking. They think the East is very much skillful. It's fast-paced all that kind of stuff it's that kind of hockey and they're not wrong it's very skillful over there it's very fast but you see these french teams come into town and they can lay the body they're not going to shy away from it they can adjust their game to the west and play a very tough game because uqtr then when they came into brock they were short on players they only ran nine forwards in that game seven defense and they were leading after the first period two to nothing like, they came in and shocked the Badgers, I think. That was a nuts game. That was that was game of the year, I think. A hundred percent. That was crazy. Also, no, David Noel has the hardest slap shot I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> on ice, even in maybe in NA, any NHL game I've seen. Yeah. That's insane. It was an absolute rocket. And I'm pretty sure if you're Connor Unger in that, you saw that heading towards your head. I, If you're any goalie. <laughs> you're you getting out that, of the way. I mean, an Unger's made it. Every stop that he could made some fantastic saves that game and only let in two. And the one of them was off Matt Barnes' skate. Yeah. Like the one was the only one that beat him cleanly, I'd say. But yeah, it was absolutely nuts. So we go from the team that's won the U Cup before to the team that is the defending champions, the University of New Brunswick Reds and the AUS. Yeah, the AUS is an interesting division if you look at it this season because it's a tight race from two to the bottom but that number one seed the university of new brunswick they are absolutely cruising this season 26 and oh they have not lost a game this season that is unreal while also only allowing 41 goals yeah in 26 games scoring 100 and uh, having a goal differential of plus 102 yeah that is for comparison, the highest goal differential in the entire OUA is UQTR at plus 55. <laughs> the highest goal differential in Canada West is UBC plus 59. They're they're outscoring goal differential by double. Yeah, that's unheard of. It's unseen. It's Can you beat UNB? And no one has an answer for them yet. It'll be interesting when it comes to the U Cup because it's UNB. We can all take our bets now. If they are if they get upset and don't go to U Cup this year, that will be the biggest Canadian university sports story of the entire year. Yeah, 
<laughs> and even if they make it to UCO, they're likely headed to the one seed, which it's going to be interesting to see the breakdown of how the OUA finishes out because it's going to depend on how TMU does. But if TMU struggles and is eliminated second, third round, whatever it may be, TMU is going to enter as the eight seed since the U Cup is hosted in Toronto this year. It's hosted by the Toronto Metropolitan University. TMU is going to line up as the eight seed. And TMU, they've got skillful players on that team, especially one we're going to mention later in Artem Duda, the new addition. But they've got Kyle Bowlers, who's leading the OUA West and scoring tied with Jacob Roach. And that should be a good game, but we'll see if UMB can come into Toronto and beat them. Should be a fun one. If you're a home fan, if you're a, you got if you're a Toronto Metropolitan University fan, going to that game would be – I mean, going to – we will be going to, to the U Cup this year. We'll be making a trip down. You can't miss it. Yeah, yeah. That would that's a that's a game you circle on the calendar. If if the schedule comes out and that's what it is, that's a game you circle. You got to go to it. If you're a fan of TMU and you have to line up and play UNB, you have to make that environment just so hostile towards UNB. You cannot let them escape there in a peaceful environment. Because if UNB gets rolling, they're not going to look back. Because they have only had six games decided by one goal this season. Two of them went to overtime. And they've had only three games all season long where they've scored three or fewer goals. Kind of surprised it's that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you look at, like, the standings, it, it's not even fanable that it just looks like they have just gone through a roll throughout the entire Atlantic coastline, basically. Yeah, one of those games that was decided by one goal happened this past weekend, St. Mary's put up a tough fight against them with only a 3-2 to two victory back on Friday, but then they defeated Acadia the next day 4-1, to one. and ever since the 2024 calendar has hit, they have just been steamrolling everyone 6-2, and 4-1. Oh my gosh. It has just been a run for UNB this season. They're not waving the white flag, that's for sure. But let's look over now towards the opposite end of the country. Let's look at the Canada West standings. Yeah, so first off, UBC looking to hang on to the Canada West title. We saw the Calgary Dinos be very dominant last season. This year, still among the leaders, but UBC has really had a run, and a big part of their success has been the goaltending. Cole Schwebus has powered the Thunderbirds to an 11-0-1 record this season when he takes to the pipes while posting a 1-5-3 goals against average and a 9-2-7 save percentage, which both lead the Canada West division. Impressive goaltending. In new sports, especially recently, the goaltending has been the story. Goaltending has been elite across the board. We've seen goaltenders win series even. This is, speaking last year to Ontario Tech beating out, uh, Carlton Ravens beating out Ontario Tech. Especially when we talked to the Ontario Tech coaching staff, they had nightmares still about uh, running into Gramit Power ever again. Top tier goaltending is going to get you far in this league. And we're seeing a lot more rookie goaltenders really take over the league, especially if you look to the OUA, the OUA in general. You look at the top of the standings and you see Frankie LaPena of Ottawa. He's a rookie. Connor Unger of the Badgers. He's a rookie. So lots of OUA goaltenders and rookie seasons, including Cole Schwebus. Cole Schwebus is a rookie this season. He has come in and dominated because he's only played in the 12 games this season. So they obviously are doing a bit of a split or maybe have found a gem here in Cole Schwebus. He just picked up his first overtime loss the other day. He was 11-0 and until this weekend, but his stats somehow got better in that loss. <laughs> he has not lost. He hasn't lost in regulation. No. As someone to watch out for 100% if you're a fan of U Sports goaltending. And, I mean, if you look also in Canada West, you got a team that's surging. Mountain Royal winning 11 in a row, which means their last 
loss came when they were eight five and zero. Now they are nineteen five and zero. Yeah, and Mount Royal, they that stretch has been real impressive, and they've got two games in hand on the Calgary Dinos. And if they win both of those, they're going to take over Canada West Division. They're only two points back of the lead and can hop right over UBC. So it's going to be a tight race in the Canada West as the season begins to expire. And with Alberta and Saskatchewan also right behind them, both having strong last 10, 10 records, both 7-3, and three, and those are two teams we know can put up damage. Alberta, long story tradition of being able to put up damage on other teams. And Saskatchewan has had a pretty solid run, run of it so far. They, are, they have played the least amount of games, tied for the least amount of games in the Canada West division so yeah Saskatchewan in the standings they got a lot of ground to make up but four games in hand over some of the top teams they've got a lot of room to make up but they go on a bit of a streak here and they'll find themselves right among the top of the leaders in Canada West so Mount Royal they've been on this truly dominant run and one of the leaders of that has been Connor Bouchard who has absolutely set U Sports on fire this season in just 22 games this season, Bouchard has registered 51 points, 20 goals, and 31 assists to truly show how dominant he has been this season. In the West, the second leading scorer has just 31 points. He has a 20-point lead over anyone else in the Canada West Division. Also, he put up 39 points in 28 games last season. The man's on an incredible scoring pace in, in U Sports, scoring 90 points in 50 games. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's incredible. Ludicrous. So this man will probably be going, going somewhere. He's probably going to go pro. Yeah. If, if maybe would it be E? Would it be A? Like the ECHL, AHL. I we've seen some players make the jump to the AHL. Some generational goal scorers coming out of it, like OUA and U Sports, that go on towards the AHL for a short stint. I'm going to take a bet that Connor Bouchard's going to go to the uh, AHL. Yeah, I think the A definitely gives him a look, especially being out in the West Side. I think. One of those teams will take a look and say 51 points in 22 games. I think that's something that you can't pass up on. you got to see what you can bring to the pro level. As we jump into U-Sports transactions, the UNB Reds, they get stronger, getting Sam King and Nicholas Savoy. Yeah, they keep loading up on talent right before the playoffs. On January 19th, they brought in Sam King over from St. Mary's, who recorded 13 points in 24 games last season with the Huskies. As well as on January the 13th, they brought in Nicholas Savoy, who played three games in the AHL for the Rochester Americans, as well as 21 games for the Jacksonville Icemen before terminating his contract for wanting to come to get an education while playing hockey. He joins an already stacked UNB team who is preparing for another run at a U-Cup title. And with Nicholas Savoy scoring 48 points in 65 games played for the Quebec Ramparts, for head coach Patrick Roa, who's now of the New York Islanders. Definitely a strong player, scoring points in the ECHL this season, six points, as he, as he said, six points in 21 games, and already has his first assist with the UNB Reds. Yeah, it's UNB just continuing to absolutely load up as they bring in two big-time players who are going to be inserted in the lineup, and UNB just keeps getting even tougher. The rich get richer. The rich do get richer. So now let's look at the other transactions. Evan Boucher has left the University of Ottawa. He has gone down south, headed down near the bayou to the Florida Everblades. 
Yeah, that was a shocking move to say the least. Boucher in his rookie season put up 12 points in 15 games, and that could play as a significant loss here for the GGs as they're chasing down that one seed in the OUA East. As you Ottawa, they're currently tied for that one seed, and losing a player like Boucher it could be detrimental to the run they're trying to go on, especially UQTR breathing down their neck. The former Halifax Moosehead, who put up 40 points in 37 games in 2021-2022, now joins the ECHL's Everblades, who are sixth in that league with a 19-11-5 record. Electing to leave Ottawa after only 15 games in his first season, in the middle, in the middle of the season, too. Wow, you're one of the best teams in the East. It was a shocking move, to say the least. We didn't didn't like school so much. I mean, sometimes you find out a lot of these players like they come in for the first season. We saw last year Roman Bazarin for Brock Badger's uh, goaltender only came for the half season, came to play some hockey, rehab from an injury, and also get some schooling in. And also, it also leaves the door open, right? He started the credits. You never know where things can go, right? So. All the best to Evan Boucher as he has joined the Florida Everblades in the ECHL. Now, in a much-reported move, Arizona Coyotes' former second-round pick, 36 overall, Artem Duda, has joined the TMU Bolt, becoming the second Russian to join the Bolt recently, as Danil Gorev joined them for this season as well. But Duda, coming fresh out of the MHL, the Junior League in Russia, was not able to join the University of Maine. The decision from the NCAA uh, not offering any explanations and the coaches aren't allowed to talk about it, but they said it was not academic or anything else related. So at least to be believed his professional experience in the KHL and other professional leagues out there in Russia. But Artem Duda now joined the TMU Bolts, recently scoring his first goal. Big, big signing for the TMU Bolt. Yeah, Duda made massive headlines across U Sports, as you mentioned, a 36th overall pick to the 2022 NHL draft of the Arizona Coyotes. Joined the Bold on their playoff po- push before hosting the U Cup in March. This is the signing's very impactful for the landscape of the league. It's showing that high-level talent can come over to U Sports and play and perform at this level. Every longtime coach mentions to us how skillful players are becoming and how elite the play is. But by the league landing a big name like this that they can market on U Sports' biggest stage being the U Cup, this can make more highly talented players realize the potential of this league and grow the game even further. Duda did play in the KHL for CSK Moskva, where he registered just three points in 14 games. Now with the bowl, Duda has one goal and four assists in eight games with his new club. That lone goal was a power play marker this past weekend against the Nipissing Lakers. As Duda joins the bowl, the first reported by Ben Steiner of 49 Sports. Big, it's a huge signing for them. They already have some really good defensemen. Aaron Hyman being number being the number one person that I think of when I think of TMU Bolt defensemen. And he seems to be slotting in quite well. Uh, Johnny Duco, head coach of the TMU Bolt, seems to have found a spot for him. And he's getting his development training there as well from the Coyote staff. Um, I think it's kind of interesting, just the the path. This is a very unique situation, I'd say. For Duda, also, he for any of those who are wondering, he, he wasn't also able to join the CHL. He, some people say, oh, why wouldn't he join the WHL, OHL, or uh, QMJHL? And the CHL does not allow imports from of Russian and Belarusian players as of April 27th, 2022. 
they haven't revoked that in any way. So he was not able to go to the junior leagues. NCAA said no as well. So to get adjusted to the American game, this honestly is a perfect stepping off point. And I think the OUA is starting to garner that attention in general. U Sports in general is starting to garner that attention from professional teams. Yeah, and when you look at it, I don't think U Sports is going to turn away this high-level talent. When they get the opportunity to jump all over an Artem Duda, they're going to take that shot 100% of the time. And I think every coach wishes they had an Artem Duda on their team is he's already playing well for the team you bowled, and it's going to be a big slot-in opportunity for him. But, yeah, so to see him get turned away from the junior leagues and he found his home in the American game. It's a big stepping point for him. I'm sure the Arizona Coyotes love it that he's able to start playing in the Canadian-American game and see what he can do at this level. He's also guaranteed to get more games with TMU than any other team in eSports. Since they are hosting the, the U Cup, they will get those games in during during that, that tournament. So you're pretty much guaranteed, minus the playoffs, depending on how long those go, but you are essentially guaranteeing yourself more opportunities to see this guy and see how he's playing and developing in North America. Kind of a win situ- win-win situation for both Duda and for, I mean, win-win-win, if you think about it, for the Coyotes, Duda, and the TMU Bold. And also, I mean, joining the TMU Bold does help having Daniil Grigoriev already there, a former teammate of his, as well as uh, Daniil Antropov. Nick Antropov's kid also is at TMU, and what we've heard is that he is helping with translations and other issues that may arise. That's coming off of good reporting coming out of Toronto. So we'll see. We'll see what Duda can do the rest of the season. Once again, it's kind of a similar situation to say what we saw with Bazarin here at Brock University where he was here, then he left for the pro game at, at the end of the season. I'm sure we I'm assuming we won't see Duda after this season. He'll probably move up to the pro leagues. And Duda's still very young. He's one of the youngest, if not the youngest player in the OUA or at least U Sports. Only two thousand four was his birth year, currently sitting at nineteen years of age. And so he's got a lot of development to go. So he could stay around for another year, or he could jump right into the pro game, game whether it's ECHL, AHL, or any other Arizona Development League.